Is a hex six, seven, or eight sided? Is is it seven? Hexagon. Seven? Is it seven because there's seven players? It must be. It's got to be because because it's octagon uh, is easy. Octagon's eight. Penta five. is five. Septagon. It's not septagon. That's six though. <laughs> I think okay. septagon is six, and I think hexagon is seven. Let's say it's seven. We're gonna do a little fact checking on the the word hexagon. <gasps> it's six sides. That's what I thought. So where does the seventh player play with the frisbee? (laughs) The name is divided into hex, which means six, and ganya, which means corners. Okay. Quick newsflash. Oh, no. The seven-sided shape is called a heptagon. It is okay. Same. I knew they both. Well, I didn't know. Neither of us knew, and you know it. Geometry killed my math uh, future. Not, Not a fan. Welcome to One Throw at a Time, a podcast about ultimate life and everything in between. I'm Johnny. And I'm Rowan. And we are here to, you know, spread a little bit of truth, spread some laughs, spread some some smiles. Some gossip, maybe. (laughs) Spill the tea. Old tea. Old tea. Coming later. And yeah, just uh, connect with you wherever you're listening to this or watching this and and we're excited to be here so we're just going to start off with kind of what this what we want this show to be um and who we are and kind of go from there so do you want to start us off yeah yeah i am rowan mcdonald i've been playing ultimate for almost 10 years now there was a time where when i was playing for two or three years i was like oh i've only been playing two or three years and I'm never going to be that player that's been playing 10 years until until today. Now I'm that player. Uh, right now, playing with DC Breeze, DC Truck Stop. It's a DC-only summer. I was not selected for the World Games team, and we didn't qualify for the World Championship. So I've been here, and I'm loving it, just uh, connecting with both of these teams, doing a little youth ultimate on the side and my online training uh, through my YouTube and Excel ultimate. So a lot of ultimate, it's basically my job, but I'm excited for this new project, which gives a more of a relaxed vibe into, into the ultimate scene. Definitely. That's a great introduction. Um, and a humble one at that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you. There's no so egos much, here. So much more you're known for, but we'll get into all of that throughout the podcast. I'm sure. So I'm Johnny. I also play for DC Truck Stop and DC Breeze. Um, I played for Team USA U20 a few years back, tore my ACL, went through a big journey, and got back to kind of where I am today, which is, um, I think, a much more healthy and well-rounded person because I learned during that time um, to, instead of defining myself relative to other people, other players, who's better, who's worse, um, just think about what I can do to reflect and, 
and feed my soul and make sure that I'm feeling healthy going into any competition or any big event. Um, that's the most important thing to perform and, and have fun. And that's really what it's about. So that's also why we are here today. Rome, we're going to go through a couple quick hits. Quick hitters. Um, quick All right. hitters this week uh, regarding the news, regarding current events in the ultimate world. And I know there are certainly a lot. Um, so do you want to start us off with a topic? Yeah, busy season right now. They kind of they kind of crammed a lot of tournaments into a short period of time. World Games, World Clubs, and the club and pro overlaps. So, um, yeah, let's uh, talk through the first one of that list. That was World Games, where USA prevailed again. And yeah, did you get a chance to watch any of those games? And you know, the narrative going in was it was USA's to lose, and the narrative coming out is that US is probably still on top, but a lot of international teams are closing the gap and looking to make the, the next jump. So two questions for you, uh, because we do value and appreciate the international audience. Uh, first country to really make a push to be like the next superpower and some of your favorite moments from the week. Great questions. Yeah, I did get a chance to watch some of the games. Um, I really love, I don't know if you knew this about me, Rowan, but I really love all international competition, not just ultimate. Love the Olympics, love watching um, other sports from the World Games and, and other World Championship events because I think it's so cool how um, the creativity used by each country to play the same game in a different way totally. um, is something that I love to see and also how that kind of can transcend um, like language barriers and all that sort of thing. You're interacting um, and speaking through the game. So that's kind of something that I love seeing, especially in the sport of ultimate, because it's one that um, I like to think I know pretty well. Um, and so the questions were, who's who's, who's the who's next, next big country in ultimate? And Oh, oh is that? that that's was, one of okay. them. Next question, okay. if, if you want to get to no, that one. No, it's cool. Okay. I have two, two answers now, I would say. Um, I think one is a solid... Um, a solid pick and the other one's a bit of a a bit of a wild sure. card we want to um, hear the wild cards of course yeah, yeah. so the burgeoning teams burgeoning burgeoning is the word i would use um is the 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 solid pick i would say is australia um certainly they have a lot of youth coming up still and we could see uh sort of the polished top end both at the world games and at um the world ultimate uh club championships uh just this past week um, with ellipses, uh, especially on the women's side, having a lot of success. And also the fact that they were able to show such grit in the, in the World Game final, um, going down, I think it was 7-3 um, or 7-4. Australia was able to bring it all the way back to 11-11 and actually had a chance with the disc to go up 12-11, didn't end up scoring, and U.S. scored the final two, I think it was, to make it 13-11 final score. But um, I think the mixture of having such developed talent on the women's side and being able to show that grit and show that kind of no quit attitude was something that I really enjoyed. And then kind of the, um, kind of the underdog of the tournament. Um, but also kind of my wild card pick is Germany just because they showed that they beat the U S handily when the U S wasn't playing at kind of their full capacity, it seemed due to chemistry issues and, and what, whatever, um, whatever else was going on that day, maybe the heat, but yeah, I mean, um, it's also seemed like it's been USA, USA's move in the last two world game cycles is to drop a game in pool play and then bounce back. So you have to wonder, obviously you don't lose a game on purpose, but 
you know, is that a strategy? Do they need that? Like, would you be mm. more stressed out if you wanted them to win and they go 3-0 in pool play? Or do you think that losing such a game, it, was, it wasn't even that close, and they can't be happy about that game, but do you think that it kind of relieved the pressure for them knowing that, okay, that one's out of the system? I do wonder about that. Um they obviously weren't trying to lose. I think they were pretty bummed after that loss from what I saw, but um, they, they did come together pretty well. And uh, you could see all over social media, all the players were posting like, we're all we got this kind of thing. Um, and I think that a loss really does um, help to solidify uh, team identity in a way, because um, I think when we're going through adversity, that's really when we see who our teammates are. Um, and what, and that can be sort of ugly or beautiful in a way, uh, ugly, perhaps turning into anger, um, and infighting on a team, uh, and beautiful, uh, turning into kind of, uh, motivation to push forward. Um, but also vulnerability, which helps bring teams closer together. So I think the, the loss there definitely helped them find the gold. Um, but at the same time, I think that Germany outplayed them that game. Germany's ability to almost by sheer force of will, hold on to the disc when it counted was something that I thought was pretty rare um, in a team that is at that stage where maybe they haven't played together as that kind of mixed 14-person roster. You could tell that Germany had put in so much work to get to that point um, where they were almost willing the disc into the end zone. Um, And I think similar to what made me think Australia... Um, is kind of burgeoning, getting to that point, and that's kind of what um, what did it for me regarding Germany. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't watching too much. I saw a couple of the early games, but uh, I've been like really not watching a lot of Ultimate. It's just I just like play and do a lot of Ultimate stuff, so I just don't have this. <laughs> I just don't really bother watching anything. But uh, there was a few games I caught. Um, Germany maybe watched a bit of the game against the U.S. That was definitely one of them. And it just honestly just looked like a, a tough like game in terms of some chemistry issues, some execution issues. And when that happens, some teams have a tendency just to kind of go down that slippery slope. And, you know, somebody makes a mistake, I can make a mistake. And I know that's something we've been talking about on the breeze this year. But you can just see a little bit of, you know, it wasn't that clean and it, it didn't really get better. But it's okay. They got, they, they got the loss and, and they bounced back. I do think your point about Germany's kind of commitment is pretty spot on. What I heard, I think, um, secondhand, but a Old lot tea. of these, uh, yeah, a lot of these international teams put a lot of practices together, not just for like this year, but some national teams have been practicing together on the World Game stage for a little, a little time now. And U.S. had maybe two or three practice weekends. I can't exactly recall, but. The yeah, the fact that Germany, Australia, and you know other nations put together really strong weeks, I think, is the talent for sure, and and then also a bit of probably a little bit more practice. One hundred percent, and I can't wait to get onto your second question. But one thing that I do want to add there is like it's something about the kind of USA like Team USA experience that I think not necessarily could be improved because you want to give different players a shot at every cycle. Um, But I think that that's one thing that just seems strange about it to me um, is that 
some teams are getting as little as like one week of practice together before going to these world events and representing their country. And I think that that stands in stark contrast to a lot of teams in Europe, um, certainly in Colombia, certainly in um, Japan, at least from what I've heard. And so I'm wondering if you have any thoughts about um, if that experience in terms of like USA tryout, maybe one practice weekend, one week of training camp tournament could change at any point, should change at any point. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah, a lot of thoughts here. First thing that comes to my mind is I remember, I think, when I I made the national team in 2020 and there's like the COVID, that was like a wave and it was coming and we were like, oh, we might be able to have two practice weekends. Then it was like, oh, we're, one's out, maybe we have the second one. And then there was talk, hey, maybe we just show up at the tournament and play. I think that's super fun, but I also think that especially with the talent gap across the world right now, closing international teams are so, so phenomenal now that us should probably practice a little bit more, especially when you combine a lot of kind of star power onto a roster. Uh, I just, I don't think that when it comes to ultimate, at least in the United States, and I can only speak really for kind of the elite competitive scene. I'm not too involved in any other levels, but a lot of the players in USAU would like push back on giving money or extra resources to the elite teams for extra practice weekends and hotels and stuff. Um, and it's hard for USAU to put that money in the budget. So I, like, I mean, it really sounded talking to some of the World Games players that like USAU is not as on board as other nations are when it comes to like the top international competitions. Like I'm sure they got free jerseys. I'm I would imagine they got a, maybe free travel, but they're probably paying out of pocket, which is honestly a shame that the best players in the world are paying out of pocket for such an amazing uh, tournament. But yeah, I don't think it's on USAU's priority to you know do like a week or two boot camp, but that's something that maybe the team can talk about. I hear how special the opportunity is, and it's like, well, maybe next cycle, maybe they all get like an Airbnb for five five to seven days and they just like get to know each other and train um and they just do that on themselves and they don't wait for usau or a governing body to to pull all the all the strings for them yeah those are great thoughts i just i'm 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 constantly amazed at the fact that these players at least within the ultimate community are put up on pedestals are called like the greatest in our sport uh kind of the shining stars and yet they're paying out of pocket to do the simplest thing like yeah. practice you remember you remember our slack and the me and johnny were both on the beach um national team that got canceled for covid too but there was like a slack is like who wants to save some money and, and sleep on the floor and it's like like all the best like some of the best players in the game are all just like yeah i'll do take that option and you know it's like y'all can't get a bed but it's, it's a hard solution because you obviously want resources going in a lot of different ways and you don't just want them to go to the top but it's just you know something that comes with the territory and something that i'm actually i'm trying to kind of not change the narrative on but in terms of bringing money to coaches and players is something that i do want to um, start to make happen <laughs> Yeah, Ron. So another thing that uh, 
has been kind of a hot topic at Breeze and truck practices, at least, and in our in our slacks, um, has been at the World Games and both at both at the World Games and uh, the World Ultimate Club Championships. We saw uh, the Colombian teams, the Colombian team at World Games, and uh, specifically Revolucion at uh, WCC running uh, something called the Hex Offense, which I believe was developed in Great Britain. I'm not sure though. Yeah, the the big mystery. I also am not all certain on kind of the hex, um, but are you familiar with the concepts in the offense? I know nothing about it. Okay, this is something. Let me try. New to me. Let me try to tell you. I don't really know, but what it sounds like is that. So you get the hex, and you, I think you put a hex around the thrower, and you keep the disc moving at quick angles, and you make a lot of triangles. That's the key part like the thrower is always part of a triangle with two sides of the hex so they're making triangles with two dots on the hexagon and quick movement like i think what you said to me makes no sense (laughs) but i like triangles i I honestly think the hex offense makes i love the idea of triangles and in sports but especially ultimate well you brought our offense to the breeze. I remember I called Johnny like a year and a half ago. I was like, bring your college ultimate offense to the breeze. And possession and tempo were both big parts of it. So I think, to be fair, with the Hex offense, it seems like possession and tempo are very important. And I think that's great. I think offenses should be principle-based. But you cannot go out to an ultimate field and tell your offense all these rigid structures. Like, you have to be there then and do that. Just let them play offense. Either your (laughs) players are going to nod and tell you they know what's going on, and then they usually don't, or they're going to be, like, worried about running the perfect places and they're not going to make the right moves. So, yeah, I think the principles behind Hex are great. I think that a, you know, uh, keep the disc moving is amazing. I think, you know, Columbia, well, they have, like, such amazing talent. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, like, I would not want to govern anybody in their handler motion, not at all. Um, but, like, for that offense, no, not a single team uses it. Like, again, I only know my division at Club Nationals, but nobody at Club Nationals is doing that, and that's, like, the most competitive tournament out there. So, But maybe that's yeah. changing. As the world change, the world of ultimate changes. I'll retire before I play hex. <laughs> I mean, well, but I kind of do with you sometimes. We do a lot of small yeah. ball. Well, it's a, I, what I was gonna say is let's let's clarify two points. It doesn't mean don't install a system, don't do pull plays, this kind of thing. But what it does mean is each player will play in the system in their own way, you know. And I think that over coaching stifles the creativity that each player can bring to a specific set or system and i think that that's the most beautiful thing about ultimate um which is any kind of body type can succeed um any height any weight like all of these factors are kind of brought down to a common denominator by the fact that it is such a team sport and it can be played so many different ways that's one second thing is i'm fairly certain that revolution would win regardless of what kind of system they would play because like the Cardinus sisters and um, all of these other amazing well, they players. They also picked up Claire, who I thought was Claire the MVP Chastain. of the World Games tournament. Um, they had Walsh, Walsh at, the Germany stuff. Yeah, at 
at, at WCC as well. But essentially what I'm saying is the Colombians are so good and would play with such pace and would play pretty much a similar style, I think, if they were running Ho, if they were running Vert. Um, they would play this possession-oriented, fast offense, which is what we saw when we went down to Colombia and played some of the teams there. They all play a similar way, which is quickly moving the disc if they can, and if not, they're not going to throw hucks and turn it over. They're going to wait to swing it. Um, it almost reminded me of what I thought Japan played like, um, but I've only played a Japanese team uh, one time, had the pleasure. Um, I don't think we should totally write it off, but I do think that you can't point to Revolution winning the World Ultimate Club Championship and, and say, oh, look, Hex works. I think it's, oh, look, these really great players well, who should be celebrated and loved work. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, that's a good um, like a analogy story. We also like we had our teammate A Roy who was coaching um, a cut camp in San Francisco and said all the kids wanted to run hex, but they kept cutting off all like easy break throws, and it was just like atrocious. So, you know, maybe maybe the next generation loves the hex, and I'm just on my way out, but. I've never coached it. I've never done it. I need to, we need to look it up so we know what we're talking about. So. Nah, that doesn't sound like <laughs> no. a good idea. Um, and maybe we'll take a geometry lesson. Hey, dude. What's up? What's up, Alexon? Um, is what's it up? cool if you join our podcast for a second and we ask you some questions about tea at the World Ultimate and Club Championships? You said tea? Yes, tea. Yeah, sure. What like, kind of tea are you looking for? Like gossip, bro. Oh my gosh. I don't know if I'm I don't know that much tea. I just know French tea. Okay, but that's that's great. So for people who don't know, Alexon was on the French team, the premier French team, Chalk. And seems like he's got some French tea for us. So Alexon, spill that old tea. What? No, wait a minute. Oh. Dog, I actually don't know if I can spill tea. I'm not trying to expose people like that. Come on, I you don't have to snitch. name names. Don't name names. Just say something okay. fun that happened. We can edit out your name. One of the things that I do want to hear about is, just as a fly on the wall, at the tournament party, at the tournament, were there any teams mixing it up who you were like, huh, that's interesting, like maybe some cross, mm. some cross-cultural mixing it up or perhaps just something that surprised you? Um, I think something that was cute, I, I wouldn't say this tea but seeing the yonkers brothers and the cardenas sisters hanging out and taking photos i thought was pretty cool because they're like the they're two they're two sets of siblings that are like the premier some of the premier siblings in the sport and also like some of the premier non-us players in the sport so it's cool to see that lots of um pony and ring mixing i thought so they were probably breaking down how that went, game went um jacques of course was mixing it up with some ring folks so we'll have to keep an eye on that kid at the party which team do you think looked like they were having the most fun or which country would you say was the number one oh, seed in the party game obviously obviously chalk and the french teams were having the most fun but a close second was probably Colombia. wow um no I Australia think everyone, in the Everyone everyone who was Colombian and at that party was super ecstatic to see Revolution finally break through and get that world title. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. And then on the other side of things, who was the 
nastiest team that you played against? Dirty, they call it unspirited and ultimate. What was, what was the worst wow. game? What was the worst experience? You want me to call people out on live air? Just a team, not well, people. I mean, if it's too it's bad, if it's too bad, we can cut it. It's like a corporation. I will, I will say this. I thought that the game against Kush that we ended up losing in pre-quarters on Universe was very, very unspirited. Wow, I'm really spilling. I enjoyed the guys I interacted with on their team, but they did have a few unspirited moments. Um, moments that, like, to the point where in the spirit circle, they even apologized afterwards about I mean, that. That's classic. The apologize after that. the win. I hate that. Yeah, which is like it was. It didn't sit well because you know we lost on universe and felt that maybe some decisions may have affected the game or some outbursts may have you know slowed momentum down and things like that. So, well, Alexon, this conversation has been illuminating for Rowan and I. Thank you so much for being on. If you want to reach Alexon, Alexon, where can people follow your work? Oh, they can uh, follow my work uh, on Twitter at your boy Benny C. Um, <laughs> and I guess also Instagram. Okay, and, and I also know pleasure. that you were promoted to Truck Stop's uh, number one Twitter this year. Oh, that, that's Are you the true. captain if, of the Twitter if team? If you have, uh, if you like what you see on the truck trip twitter let them know if you don't like what you see on the truck twitter also let me know and i will keep tweeting regardless yeah no keep taking those shots that we just heard for the last five ten minutes and and you'll do great great guy great guy and just great insights for us um on today's pod yeah i mean i i feel for him when you lose an elimination game, especially at the World Club Championship, and then the other team kind of apologizes after the fact. While they, as soon as that apology or spirit circles over, they're just going to go celebrate with their friends. That's tough. That rubs me the wrong way. And the last time that's happened to us was U.S. Open 2018-2019. Sakai pulled the same thing, where it was like a really trippy game, and then they were like saying. Kind of the same thing. Uh, not that that was why we lost, but I vividly remember, I think it was like Nikki Spiva was just like, mm. didn't let them finish the apology. It was like, off. he said the most amazing thing. Like, he didn't cut him off or he wasn't mean. He was just like, I forget what he said, but it was just like, nah, Seattle, fake spirit, nah, something like that. Luminary Nikki Spiva. We'll have to have him on sometime. He'd love to, and he'd be so good. So, Rowan, now that we've talked a lot about what's going on in the world of Ultimate, Let's chat a little bit about what's going on in our little worlds of Ultimate. Um, I know that this week uh, for Truck Stop, we have the U.S. Open coming up. I'm coaching at YCC in addition to that. Um, so we've both got a busy weekend ahead. Um, but in addition to that, we're practicing, we're training. Do you want to talk a little bit about your process this week? Maybe some some goals you're thinking of or just kind of the mindset you're in? Yeah, we it's our second we had a round robin with truck stop but this will be like our first real tournament um so for me personally coming back from some of my injuries last year i'm going to be a little bit careful on my mileage uh especially there's now pro and club at the same time so i don't know how many games i'll be able to play but i'm just gonna go have a have a great time and, and support the team getting ready for it i don't know today i was in the pool in the sauna on the Airdyne, 
and doing a little strength training. So definitely putting in a lot of work to you know see where I, I can get to physically. But yeah, just enjoying the ride. Practice Wednesday for the breeze as we get ready for our playoffs the week after. And yeah, busy season. Just trying to stay healthy mentally and physically. How about yourself? Yeah, super busy season. Um, just coming off a really busy week. Uh, coaching Rogue, the yes, U twenty women's good luck, good luck. team from DC. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, and yeah, we had a scrimmage this past weekend. We had team dinner. We had practice. So lots of events. Uh, we'll carry that momentum into this week with our last few practices. And um, everyone's really excited to go to YCC today. I hopped on the exercise bike for uh, a quick hit session. With my favorites on YouTube, Connor G- today, huh? GCN, my favorite instructor, Connor from Ireland. Shout out Connor and GCN. Some great, um, some great high interval training from them. And then tomorrow we're practicing at a place with a hill I really like. So I'll probably do a few ramp ups after practice, um, after rogue practice, and then yeah, um, we have breeze practice Wednesday, and then I'll probably do some yoga Thursday in preparation and then flying out Thursday night. So, um, you got a, you a little looking at the U S open, which is usually like a really special and big club tournament. Just saw that. I think four of the best teams aren't going cause they're at world clubs. So that's going to take out Sakai ring pony and Rhino. Are you like still super excited for the tournament or does that change anything for you? Yeah, I'm still super pumped. Um, I am really looking forward to kind of being at one of those premier tournaments with Truck. Last time I was on Truck was 2017. Wow. I was a little boy. so Semi-final uh, year. Yeah, semi-final year. Looking forward to hopefully replicating that uh, this year, pushing past it, breaking the glass ceiling. So it all starts with, uh, yeah, just being present in those moments with your teammates, kind of regardless of uh, opponent. I think every tournament's a great opportunity to not only get to know your teammates, but get to know yourself a little bit more. Um, I think when we put ourselves in extremely adverse situations, whether that's third game of the day and it's really hot, um, or kind of at the end of a training session, um, we just get to know a little bit more about ourselves. So always looking forward to that feeling. Well, great. Yeah, that sounds like we're about through our first episode of many. Um, how many do you think we're going to get to? Over under 100? Can we get to 100? You know, Rowan, I can't say. I got to take it one throw at a time. Well, that seems like it's it for us today, Rowan. Um, do you want to tell folks where they can find you? Yeah, Instagram and YouTube are uh, best. Just search Rowan McDonald, and that is the name on both of them. See you there. Cool, yeah. And if you want to check out my stuff, I'm at Darth Malks on Instagram, D A R T H. And my last name, M-A-L-K-S, and Johnny Malks on YouTube. Hey, it's Johnny here again. Um, just wanted to let you know that we just set up a Gmail account for this show um, where we will be fielding some listener questions um, that might make it on air. So if you want to send in a question um, or just uh, shoot us a note, feel free to do so at onethrowpod at gmail.com. That's onethrow. P-O-D at gmail.com. See you next time.